Greetings and welcome to the Pure Report. I'm your host, Rob Ludeman, and it's time to bring the orange yet again with a special guest today, one of our valued customers who works at, we'll just say generically, at a major United States university. Hopefully, Chris, that's that's as generic enough, but Chris Gomez, who is the IT director at said major university. Chris, welcome to the program. It's great to have you today. Thank you, Rob. Can't wait to start the conversation. Pleasure to be here. Absolutely. No, no, thanks. We've been trying to line this up for for a couple of months now. And of course, you work with uh, such a great account team that I've been buddies with for for a long time here. So I was really happy you were able to to make the time. Why don't uh, don't we start just just let people get to know you a little bit? Like, how did you get started in IT? Was that always, you know, kind of your journey? Like, what was was the interesting thing that, that caused you to kind of fall into working in the IT space? Yeah, it's a very good question. Uh, I started back when I was just a little kid. My uh, father was a very big proponent of, you know, just technology. And he always thought it was super interesting. So he was one of those dads that would, you know, he bought me a computer, bought me the first DVD burner when it came out. And we would build computers, go to computer fair shows. And he got me a, a little internship at his work, just doing break and fix IT. And I think from that point on is where I kind of uh, fell in love with just computers and IT in general. And it led me to my first job working at a automotive distribution company, just doing regular IT. And eventually I found my way to the university I'm working at today and which I still currently do work for. And from there, I was just the break fix kind of graduated to system administration is where I found my niche. I loved not only helping people, but you know, designing and, you know, implementing new solutions that would help our user base and, you know, eventually was given opportunity to lead the team as well. That is all. What kind of, I'm curious, what kind of computers were you building with, with your dad? Were you building like super high, high powered gaming or were you just basically buying the components you need, disk drive, you know, PCI, whatever motherboards and just kind of putting them together just because you could like, what were you building? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like we would, you know, just buy the towers, buy all the parts and uh, you know, try to buy the, you know, best performing part at that day and time, which was a long time ago, so it's not like they were super fast or anything, but uh, (laughs) (laughs) um, yeah, we would just try to build computers. And then, you know, when I was a little older, I would build some just to, uh, you know, build for my friends or family members or what have you and kind of sell them at a little profit. And that was kind of like my first days of making money. It's really interesting. And I think for folks and maybe, maybe younger, I'll use the nicer term, less experienced than we are. They don't kind of realize there was this whole era. I mean, I think one of the first towers that I, that I bought out of college was from this guy. I remember the guy's name. His name was Bill Shockley. And he was the, the local guy in town that you went to if you wanted to, you know, fully assemble and build, you know, build a computer for you. And that was the first thing that I had. And geez, it had, you know, dial up to do AOL and it, well, man, how great it was when we got into you now 56 and, you know, <laughs> stuff like we can really show our age. So what you remember what the clock speeds were of those processors that'll kind of oh, tell what your age was, man, I, 
I couldn't even tell you I, if I, if I did, then I would really be dating myself. Probably. Exactly. Well, that was, back when everybody, <laughs> that was back when everybody cared about those kinds of things. We don't even think about that anymore. Well, so now you're, you're working at this university. What, what do you do on a day-to-day basis? Like get, let people kind of behind the curtain, like as an IT director, uh, working at uh, a university with all the challenges that you have, because you have to meet the challenges of students and faculty and, and basically just running the business. Like, what do you do on a day-to-day basis? Yeah, every, every day is different. You know, like you mentioned, I'm currently the IT director for our department at the university. And, you know, a lot of it is, you know, obviously managing the teams, making sure projects stay on the course. Um, and at that same time, new projects seem to be, you know, introduced on a daily basis, uh, which makes it hard to kind of juggle all of that. But, you know, a lot of our, my attention is focused on security and compliance. So a lot of policy-based driven, procedural-based driven, and kind of audits are a big part of what I do on a day-to-day basis. And, um, and also just trying to meet with high-level uh, directors and figuring out kind of what their business needs are, what we could bring to the, you know, the table in terms of solving some of their pain points. And, uh, you know, just trying, just trying to, you know, better serve our staff, like you mentioned, the faculty, students, staff, and, uh, you know, just be that, that shining face and letting everybody know, like, hey, IT is here to help. We're here to stay. And how can we help you, you know? And that seems to basically take up most of my day. Well, it's an interesting approach. I think, you know, and again, if we go in the Wayback Machine, IT was always viewed somewhat as, as a cost center, right? An overhead. And now that's all shifted, right? In your role, I love how you say we're here to help, right? You're more, you're more an engine of innovation rather than just a bunch of, of overhead, right? You're looking at, hey, we can, what are these things that we can, that we can help you do? Do you, do you meet with peers in your roles at other universities? Do you guys like trade, you know, insight and best practices or, or how do you do your continual learning? Cause things are changing so quickly. Exactly. Yeah. We have a monthly meeting with all the IT directors at the university and that's exactly what we discuss. We discuss, you know, kind of the new, maybe new policies being rolled out, how the departments are rolling those out to their uh, user base, um, maybe a security incident that, happened, you know, within the United States and how we can better protect, you know, our data and infrastructure. And then again, just uh, as we migrate to different platforms or utilize different technology or tools, those are discussed and, you know, how those have helped our department, so to speak. So a lot of, you know, uh, real world experiences being, you know, shared during these meetings, but also just to have that connection it's kind of like going to a conference, you know, and uh, like peers coming up, you know, you go to network, you go to share, you go to, you know, learn. Um, so thankfully our university does that on a monthly basis, which I think is very helpful because what we do is completely different than what another department may be doing as well for IT. So just very helpful to kind of get absorbed in all that different data and knowledge that all these other people have. Well, and I think it probably helps you learn and anticipate some of the other things that may come up, right? If it's happening to another one of the directors, another departments, or maybe there's some, you know, rogue shadow IT, as you know, that uh, that tends to pop up here and there that you can figure out and anticipate that. Because I, I would assume a lot of what you do, you know, as you mentioned, kind of the security and compliance and audits is day to day. 
but I, I, I would guess there's a, a good chunk of your time where you're having to look like two, three, five years into the future. Like what are the investments we're making today and how are those going to play out? Like how much time are you able to spend, you know, looking out in the future versus fighting fires? Yeah, definitely a, a good amount of time is, is spent overall budgeting. One of the biggest challenges I think in technology space that I've recently seen is just the uh, cost of technology has just greatly gone up. So it requires a lot of, like you said, proje projections of, you know, okay, I have this amount of money. How do I fit this in? Where can I cut costs? Where can I, you know, invest in new technology? Um, so yeah, a, a big portion, you know, of the week is kind of spent looking at all these different things because technology changes so rapidly. And if you kind of stop looking at that, you get left behind real quick. Yeah, for sure. Um, related to that, then how, how would you describe your approach or strategy relative to staffing? And, and I think it, you know, sometimes this goes as like a pendulum, you know, you have a lot of specialists or then you have generalists, like, are there things that you're looking at strategically with how to direct and, and educate your staff to make them more versatile? Because I think in general, you know, budgets never really go up dramatically and certainly, you know, we'd all love to hire 10 or 15 new heads to get the things done we need to every year, but that's just not going to be the case. How do you approach managing your team from, from that aspect? Yeah, exactly. I think uh, for our specific department and, you know, the role that we play for the university, um, my approach has always been kind of to have a, a very robust, versatile employee rather than a specialist. Um, it seems that Sometimes in technology, you may have a very specialized individual that concentrates on a particular technology, but then something dramatically uh, different happens with that technology. And then that role is almost not needed anymore. And then you're left with an individual that feels out of place. You know, they have to jump ship or um, you run into other issues. So kind of our uh, approach to training and staffing is, you know, um, we're, we're trying to cross train across the whole board. You know, I got, I got usually a team of infrastructure guys and a team of, of desktop guys. But what we try to do is introduce the desktop guys to a lot of the, you know, infrastructure and engineering side of things, not only to kind of get their feet wet, but also show them kind of what their next uh, role may be in the future. And that way we have cross training, we have coverage just in case people are sick with COVID. It seems like you lose half the team in one week and the other week you might lose three, you know, three quarters of your team. So having people that just know and are aware of what we do, how to manage it, you know, how to, how to respond is very, very important. I think in these days. Yeah, I agree. And that seems to be aligned with a lot, a lot of the other discussions I've had with, with different IT leaders, right? Is you just need to have bench depth and bench strength around versatile skill sets, even if it means, you know, a, a sysadmin can can dabble in, in the database space or somebody who's focused solely on storage can can do servers or networking. I mean, they're you know, they're 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 different tasks, but the more general you are. Uh, and, and you've, you know, experienced that over the last two years with, with COVID, with, you know, with covering, with covering various gaps, like you say, when you show up and it's like, well, where are these three people? Oh, they're not going to be here for the next, you know, 10 or 12 days. Okay. We yep. got to go, we got to go figure that out. And we're all, I mean, we're all experiencing that, um, 
you know, right now, whether it's at, you know, elementary schools or high schools. I mean, just my kid's been out of high school for seven, seven school days running right now. And I don't know how he's going to catch up, but, uh, yeah. you know, if, if, if we had somebody cross trained to go in and take his classes, that would have been awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Shifting gears a lot. I love these insights. I really appreciate you just giving sort of the generalized, you know, your perspectives and views, but I want to dig into the role that, that data plays in a university setting. I mean, we all agree and we all know, and it gets talked about way, way, way much. And the whole data is the new oil and that stuff, but what role does data play in a university setting relative to, you know, the applications you're supporting to student information, like what, obviously it's critical, but, but how do you, how do you go about treating it? Yeah, I think, you know, I, we treat data like, you know, it's comparable to, you know, how DNA is like the information of human life, right? It's, it's just necessary. It's important. It's sensitive. Um, So, you know, here at the university, you know, our data involves data research. You know, we, uh, our university is, you know, one of the leading researchers in the United States trying to develop, you know, cures for cancer and, and, you know, all the different types of things that are out there, diseases. And on the other side, like you mentioned, we have, you know, student information data, you know, that that's valuable data. People's personal information is, is valuable and sensitive and, you know, we, we take, um, a lot of precautions because data, data matters, you know, it's important. So it's literally what makes up the university, um, as a whole, you know, besides the people, you know, data would be right, right up there as a a secondary, uh, a feature of the role that it plays for the university. So, and in terms of data, you know, we have various, you know, different databases, various business intelligence, that, you know, we run all the data uh, um, and, you know, parse that data, data hygiene. We, you know, the data is just so important and it's important to maintain the data. It's important to keep the data clean. It's important to keep the data secure. Um, You know, so yeah, to answer your question, I think uh, the role that data plays at our university is basically, I would say second, aside from the people of the university. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's core, except for, you know, you got to have the people, but, uh, but, but you also, you know, it's an ongoing trend that we continue to see is that you have a lot of the operation, you know, the data that effectively runs the business or, or, you know, helps, you know, it's the information of the people, it's financial transactions, but you also mentioned the expanse of, uh, you know, supporting research at the university or just general things that you're doing with analytics and, and, and artificial intelligence. How, how fast is that space growing? And, and are you finding it challenging to, to keep up with, with the growth in that space? Cause that's where we, we tend to see lots of hyper growth, right. As opposed to relational types of things with maybe the BI apps and other things you're growing. Has that grown fast for you? Yeah, definitely. It, it just, it just seems like data doesn't, you know, get smaller. It only gets bigger. Right. And just the um, amount of input that we receive from other data sources continues to grow as well. So figuring out like centralizing the data has been one of the biggest challenges for us at the university. And then once you have it in a centralized source, utilizing other tools, whether it's AI or, you know, some reporting analytics tool to, you know, present the data, 
has been probably the most challenging. So as the years have gone on, we've, you know, looked at other tools, migrated to other platforms and, and still to this day, you know, nothing, nothing seems to be perfect to where you can gather data and present the data in a, in a form where everybody's happy, right? There's always improvement to be made. There's always requests that can't be fulfilled and there's always customization that needs to happen. So that seems to be one of the biggest areas uh, that we've always had a challenge with. Interesting. Well, segueing on from some of those challenges, I'd love to get some insights on how you came to engage with Pure and learn about Pure. You, I think you've been using you know, Pure at the university for five or six years now, if I go back to when we chatted uh, a couple of months ago initially. We're kind of building out the, the show notes for this, but um, well, let's get into this. How, how long ago did you engage with, with Pure and, and what, was your, what was your situation around that time? Yeah, basically our situation kind of came about where we were kind of experiencing pain points with uh, a different storage solution. And we were just looking to see how we can improve that kind of footprint within our own infrastructure and, uh, you know, working with our local VAR that uh, we've been working with for, you know, over 15 years, probably that um, they recommended pure. And, you know, first thing was like, let's have a meeting. And uh, I remember, you know, uh, meeting Trisha, for example, just a, a beacon of light, just lighting up the room and, you know, just telling us all about pure. And for us, it was a very kind of new technology on the horizon, right? We, we never really heard of pure. Um, and it was just, just, I, I couldn't hear enough. I couldn't see enough. I couldn't hear enough about it. And we were able to get, um, kind of a, a seed program secured, um, at a, at a low rate to kind of get, get us introduced. I would say introduced, but I, I would probably rather use the word hooked. You know, that was like a, a fishing line thrown out. And once I bit, man, I couldn't, I couldn't stop. So that was our initial kind of engagement with Pure, just meeting the team, listening to all the new technology and how much it could kind of uh, solve a lot of our pain issues that we were having. And, um, you know, I'm sure we'll get into some more questions. Yeah. Well, no, I'm interested in what was attract, right? I love that you say you got hooked and, and I know the personal side, right? It's all about, I mean, relationship is super important, but a relationship without a technology that actually fixes what your pain points are, uh, less interesting. You know, it's fun to go out to lunches and dinners and things, but if you don't have something, what was, what were, what were the two or three things that you were hearing that got you into that kind of hooked feeling? Like what, what got you really excited in those initial meetings where you kind of said, yeah, I want to try that out. Like, I think that's going to solve these, these few things. What were those? Yeah, definitely. I, I, I would say from the pain points um, with the previous storage vendor, it was kind of the complexity of the overall management that was really, you know, hindering our operations. The uh, performance was, you know, not there where we would like liked it to be. Uh, the upgrades were very difficult. You know, it required for, from their best practices to kind of reduce workload to 50%. So we would have to take you know, servers offline, bring down VMs, scheduled, you know, downtime. Um, so that was, that was painful. And, you know, probably the last thing was support. Um, the support was lacking, you know, there was usually a big delay. And when we were talking with the peer team, all of that was the exact opposite, you know, and, and, you know, you're, you're kind of skeptical at first, right. Sure. You know, 
Sure. You know, on all fast solution would eliminate our performance problems. You know, the, the evergreen model that they have would secure us for future upgrades, you know, uh, without cost. and, you know, no downtime, you know, was, is, is huge. We were used to downtime. So just hearing that was just like, Hmm, didn't believe you, you know, but man, it sounds great. And, you know, their, their support model, for example, was you, you call support and we'll do the upgrade for you. I'm like, what, (laughs) what do you mean? Like I call and you guys do it. I, that was just foreign to me. I never even heard of such a thing. So, you know, just hearing those brief, you know, three or four things, I was like, where do I sign? Let's get this going now, you know? And, uh, that was definitely what was attractive in initially. Well, in common refrain, I think it's one of those, it sounds too good to be true moments that, 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 yeah. we've, you know, I've had, I've been at multiple, multiple industry events, conferences, what have you, where people come by the booth and just go, oh my gosh, you guys totally changed everything that was broken about how we, you know, how we operate and, and the parts I love to hear and people have listened to the program a long time. No, I, you know, the, the one DBA that I spoke to where I was like, well, how did this impact you? And he goes, I get eight to 10 weekends a year back with my family that I don't have to yeah. be in for, you know, I don't have to be in when they're doing the upgrade on the, on the prior product where we all had to coordinate and spend 40 hours, you know, hanging out while there was downtime and then retested everything. So it's just stories like that. I love hearing. And I'm, 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 I'm happy you recognized and saw those and you, you kind of managed to get a, a seed and loaner, but then eventually you got in and you got in a while ago, right? I think your first array was a, was an FA 400, which kind of dates your, your investment and your experience with pure. But as you did that, things came true. And, and what, what else did you notice about operations? Like what improved for, for how you, you were running the show at that time? Yeah. I mean, there were immediate impacts, right? So we were having performance problems with our SQL servers that just went away with, with the 405 that we got, right. Uh, We were getting incredible throughput, you know, the speeds we were, we were doing a bunch of benchmarking, you know, a lot of, you know, the team that I worked with at the time, you know, we're very nerdy group, right? So we were pulling out all the benchmarks and, you know, comparisons and running this and, comparing the speeds on, on different workloads. And we were just blown away on the performance that we were getting. Um, not only that, uh, an immediate, uh, noticeable, uh, thing was the data reduction. Um, I think the way that pure does their data reduction, whether it's with deduplication and compression, we, there was a significant difference in comparison to what we were previously getting, um, from our previous vendor. And then, um, obviously the support, as I already mentioned, the ease of and ability to upgrade the system's code was literally no effort. It seemed like we got, you know, another employee out of the, out of the, you know, the purchasing of pure because it literally reduced and significantly gave us back almost a whole body to utilize for other projects and other tasks and, you know, support. So that was all immediate, which, which, which uh, leads us to probably the next kind of area. It took us, I think, only three months to realize the benefit that Pure uh, has brought into our environment. And we immediately upgraded our unit um, within three months, I think the timeframe was. So hopefully that gives you a sense of just how, how immediate that change was and how fast we responded to getting more out of the Pure ecosystem um, with just three months going by. 
Yeah, I always love hearing that. Um, <clears throat> there was another university customer that that I was speaking with where it was kind of a similar, you know, you're you're echoing refrains of of what I remember their conversation where he said, "Yes, we had three people managing storage and databases, and with the you know the addition of the ability to use snapshots and the performance increases and and no downtime." You know, we basically have a half or a third ahead now, now managing storage. Mm -hmm. And so there was an immediate impact to, to staffing, but also, I, I don't know, did you hear from anybody about the performance increases on, on SQL server on that? Did you get anybody that kind of called in and went, what did you guys do? Cause that sometimes happens, which is. <laughs> yeah. It, immediately we did. So, you know, <laughs> like I said, we, we work with a lot of like data warehousing and, you know, analytics and BI stuff. So, a lot of the the develop you know the the dev team that works on the databases they run some pretty heavy reports they do some pretty big uh, jobs that crunch numbers and you know move data around and sometimes these jobs would take anywhere from like eight to eight to ten hours um, on our previous system and then you know within that same week he called and uh, he was like hey. So what big change did you guys recently make that you announced? And now we were like, oh, we got a new store system. He's like, my job, my jobs are only taking an hour to run. Oh like, man. What, what did you guys do? So, you know, it gave us an opportunity to explain, you know, the store solution to the developers and, you know, cause sometimes they get detached from the infrastructure side and they're just kind of concentrating on one side. So it was nice to see their interest in the technology and, you know, just, how it benefited them and them not really even knowing what we were going to change and how drastically and improve their workload. Cause now they can run other jobs that sequentially run after this job and get more done within the night span, instead of waiting hours and hours and hours to run the next job. And now that job's running during production hours and causing performance issues on the server, for example. Right. So. Yeah, I love that. And that's a really, you know, I work in the solutions marketing space and those are the examples of the, the types of outcomes I always love to hear about. I mean, it's one thing to talk about speed or response time, but for those developers to all of a sudden be able to run multiple simultaneous jobs or have another eight or 10 hours freed up because they got their data back in an hour that they can go look at and work on and do analysis. That's just... That's just huge. And then you you did that upgrade after a few months. How was the Evergreen experience for you? What 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 for people maybe unfamiliar with with how that works? Like how was it seamless? Did that work well for you? <laughs> so this is you know another funny story. Um, you know I I went in I went in that day thinking it's going to be an all day task, right? Yeah. Uh, you know we kind of communicated you know the the change that was going to happen, you know, it was going to be non-disruptive from what we were told, right. Is our first experience. So we communicated, it's going to be non-disruptive, shouldn't have any performance impact during, you know, business hours. So, you know, that's kind of what we did. That was our approach, but I had a whole bunch of work still to do at the data center. You know, we had to rack other servers and set up other things. So, you know, I was like, it's going to be an all day thing. And I remember, you know, I think I got like my first three servers racked, I kind of got it kind of wired up and then, you know, the peer team, Ken and them, they're like, okay, so we're done. And I'm like, <laughs> all done. I'm like, cool. You mean like you're done? Like you're ready to start. You got things plugged in where you needed to plug in or, you know, what do you mean you're done? And they're like, yeah, we're done. Let's go get some brunch. And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> you're kidding I still, me. <laughs> I still got servers to rack over here. <laughs> I just couldn't believe Number one, like what they were saying was true, right? 
non-disruptive, wasn't going to impact, you know, our production environment. We're not going to see a big performance spike or anything like that. So all of that was factual. So I was like, wow. And then the second, you know, thing was just how little amount of time it took. I mean, I wasn't even nearly started what I was doing and they were already done. They were already ready to go. They're like, you know, I just couldn't believe it. So that was just one experience. And then obviously we had another experience too, and it just went the same way. It was just so seamless, non-disruptive, completely, uh, you know, just seamless is the best word I can, I can describe for it. Well, nobody downstream has to suffer the impact as well, right? Those same developers that you're talking about running their jobs or anybody yep. that's, you know, consuming the data services, you kind of don't have to go out to them and just say, Hey, by the way, you know, Saturday from 12 to eight, we're, we're going to be down. So don't run anything that they don't even know. Usually. And I came from a spot where it's just like, you lose a controller and you know, you're, your performance just, just goes through the roof, right? Like you're, you're at hundred percent maxed out CPU, you're running out of memory, you're doing all these things. And then, you know, with pure, you just, you know, you yank out a controller and you, you can just pound that thing. Like you were originally pounding it. It just doesn't take a, doesn't even take a beating at all. And it's just, it's just a different experience. Oh, I loved it. We love to hear it. Thank you for, for that feedback. Well, and now you found yourself, on X controllers, I would assume in the same arrays, but when we talked previously in pre-brief, you mentioned that was kind of timely given some of the, the COVID challenges. And I know, we, you know, every IT department, whether, you know, in public sector and university or even just general enterprises really had, had challenges and still do over the past two years. What, what, did, what did getting those X controllers do as you and the university were challenged with some, some new things around IT given, given COVID and I assume strains on delivering desktop to remote students and, and, and other things? What was that situation like? Yeah, there's just so many different challenges that I'm sure every single university company experienced with COVID, right? Um, just in terms of staffing, um, different technology being implemented, you know, people working from home, you know, figuring out ways for people to access their data from home. There's just so many different challenges, right? And then obviously probably the biggest challenge of them all was funding, right? Budgeting. Um, and again, this goes back to that, that evergreen experiences where you can get, you know, as you're paying your maintenance every year, you get those, that, those controllers upgraded to the, the newest model after a certain amount of time. And, you know, just knowing that we didn't have to, you know, plan and budget for a whole brand new refresh in our storage environment when, you know, these time, these kind of, these time frames come up is just a huge relief, you know, again, because that goes earlier to our previous conversation where, you know, we can still adopt new technology and plan accordingly and implement new solutions and still be within the budget, knowing that we have vendors like Pure where we can apply this evergreen type of model and, uh, you know, continue to get the best and latest and greatest technology um, without it kind of destroying your budget, so to speak, right? So I think that was one of the biggest helpfulest things that these X controllers brought, not, not only with, you know, the better performance and all of the new capabilities that they come with, 
Um, but just, I think you can't put a price tag on peace of mind, you know? Yeah. Predictability or sometimes, uh, you know, a former coworker here at Pure who used to say, you know, what we do is we help people take storage for granted, right? You just, mm. you don't, you don't really think about it as, as much as maybe you used to with, with some of the other solutions, but you bring up a great point about predictability, which I'm going to do a really clever segue here and talk a little bit about Pure One with you, <laughs> uh, because there is quite a bit about predictability. And I know you had a couple really interesting stories. Just, I mean, first at, at its core, I, I think you mentioned that just the way that you can leverage Pure One and the remote capabilities and, it, you know, the convenience so that's something that you and the team still leverage, right? Is just what you can do with, with monitoring on Pure One. Exactly. Yeah. The, you know, to anybody listening, I think one of the, the best features of, of Pure Storage is the simplicity that they bring to their UI, right? You know, I, I've come from a very complex, you know, arrays of different vendors that I've worked with and, you know, Pure steals the show, which is the ease of use of managing pure storage, right? And then Pure One takes that level another, you know, step up, right? You can now manage multiple pure arrays in a single plane of glass and get all the data analytics and all the, you know, the resources and and even plan uh, for future upgrades all in, you know, one simple UI. So we, we currently utilize Pure One. We've always used Pure One, and it's just so simple to use. Well, and it also helps you diagnose pain points. I guess, in a, in a way, reduce finger pointing, because I think, <laughs> yeah. you mentioned, right, you mentioned a couple instances, I think, we've, with your BI application, or, you know, there was something else that was bogging down performance at the compute layer, and storage was assumed to be the culprit, and you were able to jump into Pure One and jump in and look at the analytics and, and kind of diagnose, you know, what the problem was with, with one of those resource-intensive apps, or I think there was even one where, you know, it was really your, your ESX, it was your virtualization, your VMs that were bogging things down and you were able to prove it wasn't the storage just because of what was integrated in there. Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly right. I remember, you know, probably maybe four to five months in getting pure and, you know, it seems to happen like once a year, right? People forget, <laughs> uh, but, you know, sometimes things happen, whether it's like a bad you know, version upgrade on like ESXi or VMware or Hyper-V and, you know, other people use different solutions, but sometimes, you know, it could be at the VM level or even the host level. Right. Um, but with pure one, you know, they have the, the analytics inside the UI and it's just so helpful because with a couple clicks of a button, you can easily determine where, you know, the, the uh, lag is, right. Whether it's on the VM level, where, whether it's at the ESXi level, you know, whether it's at the, you know, uh, the storage level, which in our case it wasn't, but I remember, you know, the developer coming in and assuming that it was the storage because that's normally what the problem was. There was some big issue with the storage. It was overutilized or something like that. And our, you know, our throughput was just very, very, very laggy. So I was able to easily bring up the UI, show him what VM was running that he was having an issue with. And then you can easily see the milliseconds and, you know, lag time there. And for, for clear as day, you know, Pier one was just going humming along like it always is. 
And then you get to the host level, still humming, you get to the VM level and it's like, okay, here we go. Now we got a little bit of issue, you know? So we were able to easily identify what it was once we got in the VM and bring up the resources and things like that. But it's just like you mentioned, I, I, the finger is no longer being pointed at me or at storage. We're able to point the finger exactly where the issue is at and immediately figure out what's going on and resolve it instead of playing the finger game and then wasting time. Right. Yeah. Nobody wins with the blame game. It's, it's all about like, okay, where is the problem? All right, let's go fix it together. Uh, it's a much more healthy and, and productive way. Well, uh, <clears throat> thanks for sharing that. I, I love uh, the, the stories that, that you're able to tell just around using Pure One and, and bringing that to life. Um, going, going forward, what are you excited about what Pure is doing? I mean, obviously you, you, you've benefited greatly from, from Evergreen and from some of the performance, but what are some of the things that stand out that, that get you uh, even uh, get more, more hooked? Can I go back to hooked? Yeah. Again, since you mentioned it, like what, what's going to keep you hooked that you see that's going on that looks, that looks really interesting. You know what our current strategy, especially for DR um, we're trying to kind of evacuate, you know, a physical presence and kind of move to the cloud for DR. So you know, I've been talking with the team and, and just really interested in, you know, some of the cloud solutions that Pure is offering uh, moving forward. So that's a big uh, key interest of mine. And also just the continued uh, innovation that they bring to the space, you know, with their different product lines that, you know, they've released over the time. And, and also we got this new Accelerate coming up in a few yeah. weeks, right? You can bet for sure I'm going to be there uh, soaking up all the new things coming out and, you know, what's going to get me excited here real soon. So that those are the main the main things that um, I'm interested in moving forward. The check is in the mail because I think every episode I've done for the last two months has been uh, filled with with Accelerate promos. So you just you just did me a solid there by uh, yes. by by doing the promo. And I will look for you. I will be down there. Oh, uh, perfect, Chris. I'm actually managing the entire content payload with a whole bunch of people. Obviously, not by myself, but uh, we've got you know tens of sessions that will be available in multiple solution areas for you on site and for everybody else that's not able to make it don't worry we've got a great virtual payload uh, spotlight sessions running every hour on the hour and then a huge catalog of on demand where you can go sift through and look at whatever you want and the keynote's going to be great you're going to love it chris i, I look I can't forward wait. to seeing you there for sure uh, and so happy you're going to make it out let's make sure we connect no for sure that would be awesome. Um, hey, well, I, I got to let you go. I've, I've had you on. I appreciate all the time that you spent. I love the stories and the anecdotes. You're uh, you're actually really good at this, by the way. Um, so I, I do appreciate. It. But anything anything you want to want to plug or and you don't have to, but um, you know, just just a great resource. And I hope everybody gets to listen to this and uh, gets a lot out of it. Yeah, I think a um, couple things I would probably just want to say is. You know, for me working in this industry for a very long time, you know, you see people come and go, you see people come and go all the time, right? Whether it's whatever vendor you're working with, it seems like there's a new rep every time you pick up the phone and call them, right? Um, but with Pure, I've had the same team support me, um, you know, since day one. And these these uh, two people, Trisha and Ken, they're just, they're just gems. I mean, they're, they're a rare breed. 
I've been blessed to, you know, sit under their support and just, um, you know, becoming friends with them over the years. And it says a lot about a company, I think, to keep people that long. I've worked at the university I've been in, you know, for over 15 years. So, um, you know, I love, I love working for this university. It's a, the best place I've ever worked for. And I'm sure the same could be said about pure because, you know, the people that they have there and they stay there. So that's just one thing I wanted to make sure was said. And another thing is for anybody listening that doesn't have pure, I mean, we talked about how easy it is to install these things. We talked about the simplicity of pure. We talked about better data reduction. We talked about, um, you know, evergreen, how easy, you know, the upgrades are with, you know, no downtime. We talked about improved performance, their customer support, um, their security that they bring to the table, right? It's, it's encrypted by default. Like that was a big thing for us when we first found out about them. You know, you get a reduced rack space, uh, footprint in the data center. The analytics that they bring is just going to save you time, money, and energy and finger pointing. I mean, this is, this is the real deal. And, uh, you know, if you're thinking about pure, check it out for sure. It has to be one of your top contenders and I'll just make it easy for you to just get pure because it's the best, uh, storage solution that we've had. And we can, we continue to renew and we continue to upgrade. So hopefully that says something. Well, thank you so much for being such a terrific advocate for pure and, and certainly also for, for talking about the relationship that you, you have. I think as we talked about earlier relationships, in this business do matter. And there's just really some great continuity with, with, uh, with Trisha and Ken that you have and, and worth mentioning the, the partner VAR, right. That, that works with you really closely as well. Um, exactly. I think for 10 or 15 years, it's, you know, it, it, it takes a village, but, um, we, we want to create that great experience for, for every one of our customers. So thanks for, for mentioning that Chris and, and for that capstone statement, I think you, you really, you know, advocated to others out there that are maybe curious or not using Pure yet to, to give it a shot. Go go online to our website, go to purestorage.com, check out the test drive, uh, talk to your account team. They can, they can set up multiple abilities to experience technology and you can see in reality what uh, Chris has described here on the podcast. Hey, Chris, thanks, man. I look forward to seeing you in a, in a couple of weeks at Accelerate. Thanks, Rob. It was a pleasure to be on the show. Appreciate the time and thank you out there for listening to this episode of The Pure Report. Wow, this was a great one. What a gem. Uh, please share with a colleague, share with a friend, and we will keep the great guests like Chris coming on to the program. With that, we will wrap for Pure Storage and Chris Gomez. This is Rob Ludeman saying, don't look back, something might be gaining on you. <laughs>